Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and welcome to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. As always, before we get started, thanks to our sponsors of this podcast that help us bring it to you for free each and every week. Thanks to our friends over at Pollyanna DIY, the folks at Angelo's Pizza, where you can try their award-winning pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And, of course, uh, to those who help us out and stream AIW shows for you at independentwrestling.tv. Check out some other fantastic promotions there as well. Sign up for their streaming service. Uh, use code ABSOLUTE. Is that still a thing, John? I believe so. Yeah. And, I believe that's carrying over. So do that when you sign up. And, uh, of course, thanks to Smart Mark Video, who always is there to record everything for us at our live events. Uh, on this week's episode, we, again, have uh, Worldwide be chiming in. Bone collector Dominic Carini, the leader of Barkley Nation, Wes Barkley himself, Yo. AIW owner John Thorne, and my name is Steve Guy, as always your moderator of sorts, and uh, well, we've just, we asked you for some questions on this episode and what you want us to talk about, so it's kind of, uh, it's going to be a hodgepodge of things, a cornucopia, if you will, and uh, let's lead off with this one because I like it so much. Okay. John Thorne, this is for you. For me, okay. Yep. Okay. The, most of them probably will be. You ever worry that Swaggle still works for New York and is a special secret agent sent to destroy AIW from within like McMahon had Russo do in WCW? <laughs> That's unreal. That is unreal. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Thanks to our friends at Pod Van Dam. That's, uh, what's that? I, you know, I want to know that guy's deal before I even answer that. <laughs> Pod Van Dam guy. Pod Van Dam, that's the least surprising question I've ever heard then. What's that guy's story, man? Uh, Did I ever think that he is a secret agent sent in by New York? Uh, No, I don't think Swaggle's a secret agent based on how uh, upset he gets that he is no longer working for the New York Territory at times. (laughs) That could just be a ruse. He's no no longer employed by Titan Sports. (laughs) He's trying to throw you off. You think he's trying to throw me off? It could be. I mean, maybe that's how they found Shayna. Do you think Swaggle is the scout? Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Could be. My mind is blown. Can you send them my... Uh, all these, guy. you know, all these storylines we're trying Better to get going, promos. and every time they do, suddenly <laughs> they go there. PB has no hope then, huh? <laughs> I mean, he... No. Man. This all did start happening once he debuted at Jaylet. I uh, felt like it was a slippery You know, I, I, really, I really never did think that, but now you're starting to put a little... We're starting to put a little juice into wow. this conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, some things line up. There's uh, smoke to this fire. I don't, but no, I don't. I don't think uh, that he is a a secret double agent for the New York territory. I think AIW is probably the least of the New York territory's uh, many <laughs> problems that are arising. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know that that one has thrown me. That one's got me rattled, dude. I'm, I'm a little rattled that's on that hot, one. That's what, that's what we refer to as a hot start there. Yeah, that's yeah. a hot start. I mean, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna lean towards no. Okay. But uh, you know, if I don't know, you know, like it's kind of like a cop, like I, Swaggle. If you work for the WWE, you must tell me right now, like entrapment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you trying to destroy, or or is he just trying to destroy my company by? me having to book him so often i don't know you know that could bring us down too an oshkosh flight 
That Oshkosh yeah. flight, the match quality, the work rate. River City WrestleCon. Oh, God. Don't get me going on that. <laughs> almost had a lawsuit of, uh, a lawsuit coming. My goodness. Uh, someone challenged the trademark recently. I'm not even going to fight it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, that is a fucking. That is a question, man. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you that. What a way to start. Well, we'll try to get easier from there. Uh, like this one, I'm sure you'll have a, a an answer for this. Uh, when Elgin won Jaylet, did he also receive a future title shot like other Jaylet winners, or was his win equivalent to Eric Ryan's in 2012? So I, from what I remember, uh, the whole plan behind this was. Um, you know, the winner of the Jayla gets a, they get a cash in title right. shot whenever they want it. Elgin was the defending champion, and his whole thing was he wanted to prevent that additional title shot from being out there. Uh, but if he would have lost, he would have lost the championship. It was kind of like a risk versus reward sort of thing. Okay. Uh, but if, you know, he won, therefore there was one less contender out there for him. Uh, that was kind of the plan behind that, and I'm sure we did not do a good job of explaining it at the time, especially at that time when it was like, uh, I still feel like AIW is so like kind of fly by night, and then I think about like those days, and it was like, it's like a whole different world, you know, and it doesn't even seem like that long ago. Did we ever have a Ray Rowe cash in from a few yes. years ago? Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. He he did like. Like the baby faces always like, you know, they Announcer. they book they booked the match. You yeah, know what I mean? I remember when that was. When we that's just how it was. from Cleveland. Ah, yes. Yeah, that's when it. You know, so uh, the only one that potentially may not cash in is Joey Janela, based on the new contract and the injury. You know what I mean? Who knows what that time frame is going to be looking like? All right, Mike. Go. Uh, he might take that cash in along the along the lines of the AIW women's I can titles. See Joey, I can see Joey Janela taking the cash in contract and turning the I into an E. Ooh, Ooh. Now that's a storyline that I'll sell to Cody. There you go. There you go. Uh, a quick easy one for you. Uh, what's your favorite Jeff Cobb match from AIW? <laughs> <laughs> the only Jeff Cobb match in AIW against Ray Rowe. It was really awesome, though. Season, Season of, the of the Witch. Season of the Witch. That was. Uh, I got to do commentary on that. Jeff Cobb's a guy that I wish we probably would have been able to do more with, but uh, you know, it just didn't work out. You know. I'm gonna do a deep cut into the. Uh, if you go back to the Season of the Witch episode, there's a mm. mention. There's mention of a certain wrestler getting with a certain fan and a car alarm going oh. off. <laughs> I heard that story. <laughs> Let's just say that when that wrestler, I just heard it from this guy, was walking back sheepishly to the outdoor locker room, he passed by Jeff Cobb, and Jeff Cobb was having himself a little chuckle and gave like a little nod. He give you that a... wrestler has thought about that a long time. Nice. Did he give that wrestler a good attaboy? Yeah, that's basically what the chuckle and the nod was. <laughs> nice, Jeff that's, Cobb, one of the nicest guys that we uh, very, very uh, good guy we'd booked. Yeah, I wish I would have been. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's like an exclusive property now, but uh, you know, it's uh, I don't know. He's just a guy that we, we were only able to do once. Well, that was that's the benefit of adding those additional shows too. It's like we were able to we're like 
it's like you have like the set Cleveland schedule, and then if you can add some of these extras in every now and then, you could you throw in like a like a guy that might not be not saying that he didn't fit in, but it's like it's you know it, it it's hard it's harder to get them on when you when you have the like the set kind of like roster guys that you're trying to utilize every single big event. That yeah. that being said, if the opportunity uh, comes, would you? Would you jump on it? Would you book him again here? I mean, Jeff Cobb is going to be probably one of those guys that is going to be like a, a hot prospect. Sure. No matter what is, you know, if his contract expires, he's going to be a, a highly sought after guy. Like I was saying, you know, a few weeks ago, like who knows if we even get the indie stops uh, going forward? You know what I mean? Based on it's it's we're going to have to see what the like the sustainability of this AEW thing is, and especially the money offers. Uh, going forward because you know uh, imagine that though like the guy doesn't do the indie the indie tour anymore you know what i mean like it's like uh, going from big company to big company which is going to be exciting for wrestling fans and really exciting for these guys bank accounts but kind of disappointing for the indies as well because like that was you know that's one of the things that you know, like right before Samoa Joe went, you know, he he went around. You know what I mean? And like, whenever these guys get fired, you know, like uh, they're hot. They're really, really hot for a while. And it's like if they're going from big company to big company, I don't know if we're gonna get that anymore. So, might not have that opportunity with Jeff Cobb. Uh, one tweet we had here was uh, pertains to you, Mister Worldwide. Well, the idea of PG-13 being opponents for the weird world. Shouts to Bobby Moore from Athens, Georgia. You know exactly who said that, huh? Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> the same guy who usually comments on any of our stuff. With And his only booking recommendation is usually uh, Wildfire Tommy Rich. You know, it's funny that you said that because Wildfire Tommy Rich is a guy that's been like Popping around in my head a lot for something, mm. for, but I just don't know what to do with it. If you yet. want just a wild animal of a little dude with glasses from Athens, Georgia, to hitchhike his way up to uh, Cleveland, he doesn't have a car. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But either way, that would be one ticket sold. He'd figure it out. You know, it's funny because uh, he used to be around a lot, didn't he? Who's like that? Cleveland All Pro and shit. I like, mean, I don't know. If, you know, maybe if I saw him. Oh, well, no, you're talking, talking about, about Tommy, Tommy Rich. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Uh, it's funny because, like, in my wrestling brain or whatever, you know, like, before, like, I've really now gotten older and, like, dove deep into things. And, uh, like, Tommy Rich was just the guy that waved the flag from ECW to me. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, he was always on Cleveland All-Pro. And I'm like, why is this fucking guy on every Cle- – like, J- that was JT Lightning's, like, favorite wrestler ever. Wow. And he would book Tommy Rich all sorts of time. And, like, no matter what condition Tommy Rich was in, he would always bring him back every now and then because it was his, like, favorite wrestler of all time. And, I, dude, I saw Tommy Rich, and I know I've probably talked about this on the podcast a long time ago, but me, Biggins, and Drew Cordero saw Tommy Rich and Doug Gilbert reunite their tag team in, like, an abandoned airplane hangar. In somewhere near outside of Columbus, Ohio, in front of like forty people, in this weird Cleveland All Pro show that was bought like a by like right. a biker gang, and I, I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the podcast with Biggins before, but like, it's like 
now like I know what Tommy Rich has done, you know what I mean? But like even like up like ten years ago, I never really catered to like I never really cared to like dive deep into like things that I hadn't watched, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like now it's like, man, like Tommy Rich did some fucking pretty wild shit back in the day. And it's like, uh, I wish I probably like I wish I would have appreciated that more when he was around Cleveland all the fucking time. But uh, whatever you were gonna say about PG-13. as far as uh, PG thirteen, um, I mean I know we've uh, I think we've like made like some like didn't you reach out to Jamie Dundee or I have not because I'm like I love Jamie Dundee shoot interviews more than anything. Uh, I've been around Jamie Dundee a few times. Uh, like specifically at the gathering of the Juggalos once, I spent a lot of time with Jamie Dundee backstage at the wrestling thing when I was there with Cabana, and uh, I forget who I was with, but man, we took Jamie Dundee to the drug bridge, and man, that was a wild time. Wow. Well, isn't isn't it known that like Wolfie doesn't want to take as many bookings because he's super successful as like a car salesman now? Well, I think he's retired. He is definitely a car salesman. Like, uh, I think he's like one of those guys that would like take pictures with you and like with a championship belt or something when he <laughs> sells you a car. Uh, like, uh, I would love, I would love to book PG thirteen. I just don't know what the condition of, uh, like, I'm sure Wolfie's doing okay, but Jamie Dundee is always a wild card. Uh, but man, if you watch some like old pg-13 shit they were doing some like super innovative stuff uh that's like it'll blow it'll blow your mind or like if you get a hold of like some ecw house shows like it's like they had like probably such a minimal run in ecw but it's like they did house shows all the time and uh it's you know it's crazy but i don't know if uh the world is ready for Jamie Dundee and Worldwide to be in the same <laughs> wow same locker room sort of I think uh it's slightly more ready for New Jack and Worldwide to be in the same <laughs> locker room but it's Jamie like, Dundee I'll do going to keep pushing that and it's funny now like one last thing that I just remembered uh Razor Sharp uh, once was like, hey, Jamie Dundee messaged me wanting to come to UXWA, and I was like, brother, I don't know if you're ready for that. <laughs> he might be now with all that extra money. We'll UX see. Dub. We'll see. And the question be, is Jamie Dundee ready? But uh, sharp. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe PG, maybe PG thirteen will will make their way to uh, to AIW. Uh, I was gonna bypass mm. this next question, but um, due to recent episodes. It was kind of relevant, so I thought, why not? Uh, you know, for anyone to chime in on this, what species of dinosaur would be the best wrestler? Uh, worldwide, you uh, recently parted ways with Jurassic Park toys, so you're a dinosaur expert. Um, well, I'd like to preface this uh, by saying that um, I'm having a real hard time with dinosaurs lately because mm. all these people are coming out saying the dinosaurs had feathers. And... Uh, you know, recently the birds they went are to Jurassic yeah. World shit. Yeah, yeah. And dinosaurs still without feathers. Did they have feathers and or not? No, no. There were some that had feathers in the newest movie. All right, then I'm all right now. Because I always said, you know how like the female Ghostbusters, like you know, just basically like outed a bunch of dudes as like you know, gross misogynists and this and that and like da 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 da. Uh huh. Well, guess what? 
Fucking as soon as there's a Jurassic Park with all dinosaurs with feathers, I'm fucking all right. That's all there is to it. I can't deal with it. So the answer is yep. until I get scientific confirmation that yeah. they didn't have feathers because that's how I was brought up. I have no favorite dinosaur because I'm not gonna fucking believe in some giant goddamn bird. Yeah, so. I'm not in. I'm not into this feather theory at all, man. Yeah, yeah. they think so some weird. people think that even Velociraptors had feathers. Now I don't. I don't. That's a weird. Sense if you really break it down, it does make sense. Yeah. Why do you think it makes sense? It just fucking does. I mean, you look at them, you look at the fucking bones of goddamn stupid fucking birds, and you look at the fucking bones of stupid dinosaurs, and then, like, what the fuck is a bird underneath all the feathers other than probably some scaly fucking... Pe- like, have you ever shaved a chicken? I've never fucking shaved a chicken. But I imagine it's probably some, like, pink-ass scales. I don't fucking know. And then the fucking beaks and shit. But birds are so much wow. smaller and than the dinosaurs. And the birds have goddamn teeth. This is a next-level talk. Yeah, but, like, Holy lizards and everything look like dinosaurs. They just don't have the little yeah, arms. So, so what, do you, what do you think... You don't have a, an opinion on what dinosaur uh, would be the best di- uh, wrestler? Um, Velociraptor would, always looks awesome in the Jurassic World. I personally say just the uh, Brachiosaurus, like the biggest motherfucker, because you know you're not getting that thing on its back, and that thing, and if you do get it on its back, it's gonna fucking bridge like up into the goddamn moon. You're not putting it on its shoulders. No, you're not ever gonna be able to put that on the shoulders. It's true. I mean, I'm just going to go with the T-Rex because it would just kill people. Right? Triceratops. I was going to say T-Rex. Triceratops. Do a Hogan big boot leg drop combo. Yeah. He said it's in a wrestling ring, right? Is this in a wrestling ring? or just Yeah, he's a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, T-Rex for the Hogan leg drop. Oh, the short arms, he, though, bro. I know he doesn't need them. He just drops the leg. And that tail. Leg. Don't forget about that tail. He could swing it. I like okay, Sega's question. Yeah, yeah. Stegosaurus is good. Yes. Can't put those shoulders down. What about that one that looks like a tank? Okay, that was a question. weird question, man. That was. I just want to throw it out there because of Worldwide's recent Jurassic Park toy. Uh, you know, here's a good one. Uh, somebody basically asking if we will see a anniversary, an anniversary match between Josh Prohibition and M-Dog Matt Cross. That's a weird question. Uh, it says Josh Prohibition, M-Dog, 20. 20. Wow. I mean, it'll, be, it'll have been probably announced by now, but yes, on April 26th, we will be seeing... M Dog, Matt Cross versus Josh Prohibition, the 20 year anniversary match. Whew. It will be two days beyond our 20, our all of our 20 year anniversary from the first show that I promoted, uh, and as well as you know Matt Wadsworth. I was in heavy negotiations with the original building, um, but uh, it you know it kind of fell apart in the at the at the last second, so. Uh, I'm, you know, went with the uh, with, with the building that was willing to have us uh, for for this date. So I I'd lock down, you know, both those guys for for months with no building just just for that date because it was so close to the uh, to the 20 year anniversary. So that will be uh, Josh Prohibition's big uh, big return match for the first time since uh, Absolution. Wow. Uh, on your Facebook. There's a guy on here that we all know uh, may or may not have recently ended an intense title reign, but uh, he brought up wants to know the time you punched your uncle. I mean, I already talked about that. <laughs> I'm not going to talk Ass. about that. <laughs> I thought you'd give it a, a goofball spin. Let's see. We want an Eric Ryan. I'm pretty sure I already talked about that. I think you did. I have one from a Twitter DM group. Oh, okay. Twitter DM group. Yes. What podcasts are y'all listening to? Me? Yeah, just 
a round table. Allison to the card is going to change. Well, besides yeah, the card is going to change, obviously. Um, so in the uh, in the event of uh, you know this new AEW company and all this news that's breaking constantly, I subscribed to the Observer for the first time in my life. Whoa. So wow. I listened to the Observer radio, like just like. Not all the fucking shows on there, but just like Meltzer and Alvarez or whatever stuff. Uh, I've been listening. I've been listening to that for the last couple weeks uh, with with this new thing going on. And then, um, you know, like I'll try to listen to like a Pritchard every now and then, or a like an eighty three weeks later. But it's just like it, it's hard to. There's so much podcasting content and like. I think that's probably why our numbers have gone down from what they were like a year ago is just, there's just so many options right now. But, uh, yeah, it's like it, it, it's hard for me to find like the time to where I'm going to be able to sit and listen to like hours of audio. Cause it's like, I'm at work and then it's like you go home and you only have X amount of hours to like complete, like, life tasks before you have to go to sleep and go to work again so if sometimes i find some like time at work like that's where i'll like i'll listen to the observers because they're usually like an hour or something you know uh but then i I, like bounce around on like something to wrestle with or 83 weeks or uh you know i'll fall into like a a hannibal uh youtube clips not (laughs) really podcast what what shoots are you watching these days who do you got not really podcast but like i love like watching those hannibal tv fucking little clippets that's what i got (laughs) dom probably listens to a fucking hundred i so i i listen to some wrestling podcasts some non-wrestling podcasts but i travel a lot I mean, I have like eight, over eight hours of drive time every week to work and then whatever bookings I have. So when it comes to wrestling podcasts, I usually listen to Between the Sheets every week um, and then Lapsed Fan. If they have a topic that I'm really into, like right now they're doing an entire like journey into world-class championship wrestling. So I, I'm really into that because I kind of like love the idea of world-class and just finding out more about it. I, I have no want to actually watch any of the wrestling, but I just love hearing about just the territory and right. like the stories and the characters behind it like Gino Hernandez the Von Erics all Gino. these guys um and just kind of trying to figure out about the tragedy of the Von Erich family and just kind of everybody involved in that promotion in reality oh and I will say I was listening I did listen to this most recent uh season of the serial podcast because oh yeah it, it had a little it, it, it hit a little too close to home that I had to do some research so that brings up my second thing I listen to is I'm really into serial killer lore and things like that so um, last podcast on the left is a, is a podcast I listen to a lot where they talk about uh, supernatural things and serial killers. Um, True Crime Garage, which I think is based out of like Columbus area, they do a lot on serial killers, so I, I try to listen to that. And then um, I just finished, it was over you know, during our break, but there was a podcast series called Bear Brook. Um, it's like a true crime podcast where they look into these random bodies found in the forest in these 55 gallon oil drums. Um, oh. And they kind of go through that. It's like a seven episode series. Each episode's under an hour. So it, that's a really easy digestible listen. And then there's an, an, a podcast on assassinations that's really fascinating that I started listening to. So that's some of the stuff I'm listening to. Do you find it with all your drives and like when I have to drive to stuff for, for comedy, do you find like. It's not necessarily just because with you with wrestling because you're in wrestling, but 
listening to podcasts, I feel like gets my drive done easier than if I would just listen to music. It's almost like you're a part of a conversation, sure. but you're not. Like it keeps you more alert. Does that make sense? Um, a little bit, but also for whatever reason, like some of the podcasts I listen to like longer form, like a between the sheets or like a lapsed fan, yeah. you know, they're between four and five hours. So I know if I pop oh, wow. one of those on, that's my entire drive to one place or back. So I yeah. know like they, it kind of keeps me grounded on timing. I just look for like I look for different interviews that I like. Honestly, you can drive it around town for me. Like I fucking will have podcasts going like at all times. Like I can't deal with any silence. Oh yeah, shout out to Trapo Trap House, leftist shitbaggery comedy. One of those guys uh, <laughs> recently did a uh, fucking documentary. It's on SB Nation about MMA. It's great. What's the weirdest podcast that worldwide listens uh, to? Right now, uh, I'm on this one. I'm listening to this one called QAnon Anonymous. Ooh. Which is just like these dudes, like basically like breaking down, like you know the sort of week to week of like the whole QAnon thing. Okay. And like obviously they're skeptics, but like you know, fucking around with that conspiracy life. Also on the wrestling side, Virtual Pros, shouts to the boys, uh, WrestleSplania, here and there. Yeah, they're funny. And do 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 struggle session. It's uh, hosted by a guy that apparently interviewed uh, to- uh, John Thorne one time, Leslie oh. Lee the Third. Oh, and I've I, I've went to a bar with it with him before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good dude. Yeah, he, well, you know, he's got a leftist nerd podcast. He talks like wrestling, anime, video games. He used to have like a pretty popular like blog. I th- I, I think back it. in the day, and then the, he's uh, based ruthless on, on Twitter. I got a question for you. Um, I believe it was. Hardcore Homecoming or Hardcore Revolution? Which one was it? Hardcore when you were helping with the production end? Oh, neither. It was Extreme uh, Rising. Extreme Rising, yes. Can you tell any stories about that? Uh, well, you know, like the big story, which I've told before, is when, you know, I was tasked to go uh, videotape Sabu overdosing, uh, which was, you know, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about that before, but uh, that was probably the most uncomfortable I ever felt doing anything. I bet. But, uh, it, you know, it was it was weird because it kind of did f- feel like ECW because it, it drew, like, a huge, right. gigantic crowd. But, like, that was also, like, at the same time with the... Uh, with the Sabu stuff going on, like Just Incredible had like a crazy ass relapse and was yeah. like walking into walls, you know what oh. I mean? And like he was trying to like sell his like original Aldo Montoya drawing mock up. Oh my god. You know, like he yeah. was trying to sell that and like uh it was like a wild scene just seeing all those guys kind of in one place. For sure. But it was just like <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I got paid pretty, pretty well. Uh, I did like two, I, I don't know how many shows they did, but I did. I, I think I did like two. I skipped it. I skipped a taping because I just was like, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna call off work for this or something. Right. But like, dude, they had some like big, like they had some pretty big money. It was like you know nice hotel rooms and like flights and shit. Like flying me out Going to do, in, yeah. yeah. Like they had some, they had some money behind them. Uh, but it just you know what i mean like everything else like you can't like every other uh, also ecw revival attempt like (laughs) it's just there's a reason that like it just 
these guys can't get it together for the most part. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, there's a lot of demons involved and, um, you know, the, like the one I did one in Pittsburgh at the golden dome and, uh, you know, Shane Douglas gave this big speech like, and it was like kind of like the Paul Heyman speech, but it was like, we're so far beyond like people buying into this. And it was like such kind of like a work and it was like weird. Cause it was like, trying to motivate the boys but like it was like in care like you could right. tell like he was work you know what i mean He's like wild. it was a wild period for him huh and uh you know like that was also packed you know the truth right. like a few thousand people so it was like but it was like the weirdest lineups and like talent combinations right. like sylvester Chukay was walking around backstage <laughs> at one of them like he did like a dark match like just weird weird ass shit and like uh yeah, it was it, it 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 was cool, but like it was also like super strange to yeah, be a part of. Sounds weird. And I get like a like I'm I'm seeing like for a brief second in that Barbed Wire City documentary holding the camera. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it was. That's wild. Yeah, I had was, to ask about that. It was like this. Like it was all through. It was all through Kevin Kleinrock that like hired me for that, and he also hired me for the Urban Wrestling Federation. So it was you know just weird little things to put on your resume, I guess. Sure. Um, I think we've covered this one before, possibly, but maybe not. Uh, so we'll revisit it or visit it. Uh, what were the booking plans for Tim Donst as AIW champion prior to relinquishing the title uh, due to the cancer diagnosis? To be honest, I cannot fully remember what the what the plans were. I, I think he, I think he relinquished it in like. Fe- uh, like a February, I think. So, uh, I think he relinquished it. Maybe I don't know. Like I, I can't remember. I'm thinking like the Dennis Stamp show or the show after the Dennis Stamp show. Uh, I can't really remember, but I I know that uh, <laughs> that was the, the most famous story from that. Is like we Biggins had hired Marty DeRosa's buddy. Uh, to be uh, the new hype man, and uh, he uh, he didn't know what was going on, and you know Tim Donsett was going to announce it and relinquish the title, and it was going to be this whole thing, and you know like we have the line like we didn't think to like brief this guy because I don't know it's just not something you think of it, like Biggins was like go out and hype up the show you know what I mean that's a, the only like instruction he gave him, and like the guy went and like got the lineup and he was like. Tim Dots is going to give up the title tonight. And like, as people are coming in, he's like, we're going to have a four way for to determine the new champion. And the participants oh, are going to wow. be in like Biggins fucking hit the roof. Like, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that guy, I, that guy, I think that guy just, he knew he fucked up and he just like left. And, uh, I never saw him again until he came to my friends with us after the Marty DeRosa show. Oh, is that, that dude? Is that guy? Oh, yeah. Is that guy? It was yeah. the guy that drove. Yeah. He drove, I was gonna say he was at uh, he wow. was at the Cabana Marty DeRosa. I'm pretty show. sure he no drove way. in the fall. Pretty sure he drove you guys home or something. He drove some people us, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> his name Macho Fatness. He had to be on Facebook. A nice guy, but like it was just one of those things to where it was like. No, and I know uh, I'm I'm sure we told that story on a really old podcast too, but. Yeah, he, uh, he came up to me at uh, at their show during the comedy festival, and he's like, "Um, whatever." I'm like, "Man, 
for some reason I feel like I know your name. And Marty was like, yeah. He was like, he was the guy. He goes, maybe it was a couple before he, <laughs> he gave away all this. He ruined the whole outcome. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, but uh, I don't remember what the plan was. Probably at that time, like, there was probably no set plan because I'm pretty sure that mm, see I don't I don't even I don't even remember to be honest with you uh that's when Josh Alexander winds up with the with with the championship from there uh I I want to I want to say maybe the plan was for Josh Alexander to to beat Dons for it but uh, you know, I, I can't be for sure, especially around that time. I would have to really look at the timelines to when, like, to when it happened, and see if I could piece something together. Because, like, I, I mean, I got to be honest. Like, so much stuff is kind of like just it's evaporated from my brain. You know, since since that since that time with like and like Biggins was an encyclopedia of like every single bit yeah. of everything, and it's like. Uh, I don't know if it's just like my brain just flushing, flushing things out and like flushing memories out. Like Swaggle was like, tell, tell your favorite Biggins stories right now. And I'm just like, like he texted me that for an episode and I was like, dude, I don't even, I, I can't even think of like, I can't even sit and think of one like specific thing. Cause they all kind of just like run together right now. And like know? just pop in and out. Yeah. It's just like, it, it, like I can't be like, I can't be like that. So this is like my favorite biggin story of all time you know it's just right. like uh and i, I think maybe it's kind of like maybe the like stress of having to take over the whole company and yeah. juggle so many different things around at once it's kind of like i don't know like my brain just gets rattled about stuff right now and like there's days where i just feel like totally brain dead i still love the the biggins akeem dance at johnny and candace's cleveland wedding reception yeah i think what i'm gonna do is i think uh i'm just gonna start carrying the equipment around with me and i'm just gonna start asking other people their favorite biggins stories and then like just do like a biggins episode yeah then like i'll cut them all together like i'll save them all over like a few months or something yes i like that there you go folks you heard it eventually we'll get a we'll get a biggins i mean we've done biggins episodes but uh and i need to like i need to like hear other people to like trigger my memories on things you know yeah yeah sometimes it's hard because you spend so much time with someone and you know, like you said, they all kind of mesh together where other people had certain, uh, just certain moments in time. Right. And they had that branched off. Um, the one question that was posed was who were some of the ideas for the first AIW champion? Did you have multiple people in mind? Uh, I think it was going to be, I mean, I'm trying to th- like, so the AIW like championship lineage is like it's like Pat Patterson and Rio de Janeiro like it just happened one day like right. you know like uh, which and, is my pitch for the greatest WWE movie that'll never get made what's that it would be a double blind spy story about the uh, first intercontinental uh, championship uh, tournament in Rio de Janeiro which everyone knows didn't happen but what if it did happen, but it was this whole other thing, and it would be like a weird spy movie where Pat Patterson was sent down to take care of some business. You'd have like you have some weird like gay intrigue running around, maybe a car chase or two, and then also a wrestling t- tournament on top of it. 
but then is it worked? Is it a shoot? What's going on? And like, you know, just like a really weird spy movie where Pat Patterson is actually a spy. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, if they want to do like some prestige shit, I'm here. So getting back to the question. (laughs) um, So like, I know that we've also covered this before, but AIW was kind of started out of like, out of like a, some turmoil that was going on like in the local wrestling scene and you know just like other weird like drama going on and it was like it wasn't started with like a plan really of like this is what we're gonna do this is what we want like this is gonna be our champion like it was it was really kind of started out of like you know no like fuck you we're gonna do this right and it was like more motivated at that and succeeding at first than like having like a plan and being a pro wrestling promotion. And like, I mean, even as long as some of us were involved in wrestling, like we didn't know fucking shit about anything. You know what I mean? It was like a bunch of like, you know, I was 21 years old when it started, you know, like how much could you really know about anything at the age of 21, let alone like pro wrestling psychology and building things and booking. Uh, So like it was more, out of the fact of being like a wrestling promotion, then like here's the big plan for the champ for the first champion. And we're going to do it right. And it's going to make so much sense. Like <laughs> no, nothing made sense. Like it was just going to like the second show, we were just going to have like this match. And then like, it, it was so, you know what I mean? Like everyone was just kind of like dumb 21 year olds. And like, the thrill bully came out with a belt and then like he was supposed to win, but he came out with it already. So it's like, okay, he's just the fucking champion now. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how it happened on the second show ever. There you go. No plan. Sorry guys. Like hey. I, I, it's always like such a big disappointment. And like some people are like, Oh, you don't tell like the full story on stuff. Like sometimes there isn't a full story on anything. <laughs> Anybody else questions here? I, I just got one. It said, Ed, AI Wrestling. Wes Barkley's a really cool dude. Thanks. Uh, will you guys ever go back to the Winchester? Thanks for that shout-out, too. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's negotiations ongoing with the Winchester. Um, the thing about it is, is uh, the Winchester isn't just a bar. It's a, it's a fully operating music venue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they book a lot of things on the weekends. Uh, they have approached us about the idea of doing a Thursday night event. Oh, wow. Uh, which I'm going back and forth on, you know what I mean? Like I see positives, I see negatives. Um, but we might kind of do it as a, you know, just let's, let's see what happens. Not, not go too crazy on a budget, obviously just kind of see if, you know, the people, are looking for something fun to do for sure on a Thursday night. Um, maybe a lower ticket price. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like this honestly was just kind of, we were just approached about this, like literally at the time of this recording, like yesterday, like I was just, I was just asked about this. So, uh, it's kind of like an ongoing thing. We were offered, like we were asked about Thursdays and Sundays, uh, I see probably more benefit on a Thursday. Definitely. Uh, I could see a way to make Sunday work as well, or I could just not do either of them. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of like, 
a lot of the uncertainty of wrestling and independent wrestling. It's like, I don't know, do I want to add another show? But it's like, we have this tryout coming up, and what if there's good prospects that, you know, maybe we can do a couple Thursday shows a year and throw some new guys on there and see what happens? I don't know. You know, like, uh, there's so many things kind of, you know, rattling around all in my head, and it's like, uh, I, it's like I have to make the decision. You know what I mean? It's right. like so. Like even though it's been a while and been a couple of years, it's like it's still kind of hard for me to be like, okay, like I have to make this decision. Like I can't be like I can ask people, but it's like before I could be like, hey, Biggins, like what? And then we would debate it and pros and cons. Sure. And it's like now it's like I could throw it out to people. But then I'm ultimately just debating it with myself, you know. So it's like, for sure, it's it's a it's a weird situation still to be in. But uh, there is a possibility we could be, you know, dropping a Thursday night, uh, other than WrestleMania weekend. Thirsty wow. Thursday. Wow. It's called like first. AIW Lightning. What's that? It's called AIW Lightning. AIW Thunder. I don't know. AW Handgun Thursday night. Handgun Thursday Ooh. night. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Questions, gentlemen? Anybody? Uh, Wrap this thing up. Wrap it. That was pretty good. We dropped that bomb. We talked about M Dog and Prohibition. And then we'll draw this sucker to a close. What's in store for uh, Wes Barkley, do you think, Whoa. in 2019? Oh. Hey. More training. The uh, official line is we'll talk. Yeah, we'll be in touch. I <laughs> got him. So bitch. You feel like you feel like he's uh he's got some good training in as of late? We'll see. We'll see. It's to be determined. <laughs> Did you say good training? Oh come on. Has he gotten it's some been two weeks, gotten, dude? I've been busting. It's been my a few ass. weeks. Has he gotten, gotten some good training in? We'll I'd, go we'll go and post it at this if if so. Alright. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take a post at it. You haven't been there more than me, man. I know, I know. As of as of the recording of this, Alex Worldwide Kalar has been to more practices than Wes Barkley. Jeez, I got to get my numbers up. Twenty nineteen, no ex- no excuses. Wow. And make sure your roommates know you're still alive. They're worried about you. Got gotcha. you. I lifted shoulders and triceps, and then hours later, banging around that ring. All right. Literally clanging and banging. Yeah, banging is probably the best way to put it. You get uh worldwide. Are you still working out at Gabe's gym? Every day, it's a fucking new disrespect at that place. I swear to fucking god, yeah. devolving. That's what it's doing. Wow. Gabe is a terrible manager. You signing up for uh you doing some workouts at Old School Iron at all? It's not my scene. It's uh really scary there. People listen. To, they have the music up really loud. Um, a lot of people yelling. Um, you know, I just feel like you no know, judgment-free zone. I like being no. Well, I mean, I don't fucking go, Steve Guy, for Christ's fuck. I know sake. you don't go there. I'm just saying. All right, in general, it's a different fitness. It's evolved fitness. Ooh. <laughs> Any time. Do they play Neurosis there? They do. <laughs> All right, it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> Right, well. You can tell this is the last recording of a long session. Yeah, some Let's people just say I'm gonna look like Mike Awesome by like the end of 2019. That's the goal. Ooh, the McDonald's dinner box he just ate says differently. Yeah. You're a Vulcan, motherfucker, heard of it? 
You better, well, you better stop by the Shell station. There were brother. questions about uh, 2019. I'm grabbing a fucking grande box on the way home. <laughs> I'm going fucking four tacos, crunchy, fucking four tacos, soft, and then fucking two bean burritos. And you know what? I'm probably going to eat 75 to 100% of that before I fall asleep. Mm, <laughs> hey, good. does Weird Body still, uh, is his bedroom still the living room? Yes, but that will change pretty soon. Nice. Uh, someone got a physical. But they try to hold him back, but uh, he's about to get out. Well, congratulations to Weird Body for having his own uh, bedroom here in the future. And when he does, let me tell you something. That uh, fucking worldwide living room, gonna have a dartboard because that's my next uh, evolution in uh, athletic competition. I beat you. I'm going for pro wrestling. Well, you had fucking razor sharp backing you up, you motherfucker. Oh, eight two. All right, turns out razor sharp, razor shark, goddamn dart shark. Dart shark. He's a savant. Three bullseyes in the first three shots. It was fucked up. <laughs> couple, couple of guys that uh, grew up with you in uh, Lake County stopped at my bar on uh, Sunday evening. Oh, really? Some boys from the Men T O R. Yeah, two dudes, two dudes, one lady. What they have to say? Uh, I just I over having overhear them talking while I was wiping down the bar, and I heard the word Alex Keller come out of their mouth or oh, words. Wow. Oh, Keller, not Kellar. Yeah, they said Keller. Yeah. Said it right. And uh, yeah, as do I. So I said, oh. I said, you guys know Worldwide? And they go, oh, yeah. I said, oh, I'm ringing out for the wrestling promotion that he's in. And then uh, they said how they knew you. I asked if they ever been to a show. And they gave me the all. No, I've been mean to get to one of those. I'm uh, sure they have. Yeah. Oh, one lives right next door to you, right by you there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh wait! I, I won't, know say, exactly I won't divulge where about. you live. I won't divulge where. That's you fine. Live. I've never gotten a tattoo from him either. So uh, I feel like this this is a conversation that could be held off the podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> this story's going nowhere. This, this episode for Steve wasn't Guy, going for very... John Thorne, for West Barkley, for Alex Kalar, for myself, Dominic Greeny. Thank you for listening. We will see you guys soon. Are you also, see- I forgot to shout out Street Fight Street Fight Podcast. You can't see people on a podcast, Dom. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Right here on AIW's The Card is going to change. Thank you, Steve. Yes.